I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Episode 181 of Blue Jays Nation Radio brought to you by Botano, the 2023 EGR brand of the year. Your spot if you want to bet on some baseball, if you want to bet on some football or dabble in some NHL futures, they have over 100, I think, options up in their NHL futures tab. Botano is the spot to do it. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. The game starts now at Botano. Uremchuk and Coomzy here to break down for the second time in what? 40 days, a sweep of the Boston Red Sox. Coombsy feels good. Yeah, that's funny. The Red Sox started off this season going seven and no against the Blue Jays. Yeah. And then the Blue Jays finished off the latter part of that head to head and went six and oh. So Boston still wins the season series seven to six, but very, very like like tale of two different teams going on there, right? Like the Red Sox came out in the first half of the year and faced the Jays. And it looked like they really needed to get back for last year when the Jays just beat the wheels off of them. And then they kind of like fell off the cliff and became probably more of the Boston Red Sox. We were expecting to see this season, just that team that doesn't play defense particularly well, not the best pitching staff, you know, that kind of team. But I'm thinking this, this should be a good vibes only podcast, but because last times was a bad vibes only podcast and everything worked out. Maybe, Maybe we should just uh, maybe that's what they need. We need to just be so negative and so critical that the team wakes up and plays better. What do you think? Hey, I, I mean, it's hard to go back. I'm smiling right now. It's hard to go back to the mindset we were in recording the preview of this oh, yeah. series um, and the way things flipped so fast. There's a lot to love right now. There's a lot to love. And I mean, Brett will come on with the out of town scoreboard. Everything's going just swimmingly from that perspective as well. Like, it's been a wild playoff race because at times it really has felt like nobody wants these final two wild card spots. It's hilarious. Yeah, it honestly kind of seems like nobody wants the American League West either. Like you look at Brett will go into more detail with this, but you look at the I think the 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 nine games that were played on the weekend that were non Blue Jays games that that were involving the Houston Astros, Texas Rangers and Seattle Mariners, the team sort of within punching distance of the Jays in their playoff spot. They went one in eight in the entire weekend. So it's, it's, they're literally, it, it was one win away from being a perfect weekend for the Jays, which is so funny. Their playoff odds changed at the beginning of that Texas series. I think it was around 75% chance they'd get in after getting swept. It dipped all the way down to about 30 and it's jumped up now following what happened on Monday. The Jays are now up at 79.5%. So it was like a beep, 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 like that kind of thing. 
just like a like a like a roller coaster dip and then a ride back up and i'm hoping we continue rising up because another dip right here would be i don't know if i could take it i i, I don't know if i could handle that yeah, but uh, you know, we'll talk about it later. We'll get set for what's coming up next in a bit, but let's look back on a sweep for the Toronto Blue Jays, the second time in their last three series that they have swept a team, which is very good. We'll just ignore that middle part. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about what went well for this ball club. And the tone was set in the series opener by Jose Barrios, who goes out there, rolls through seven innings, did it 90 pitches. I honestly thought for a chance they were just going to say, hey, let's rest the bullpen and let Jose try to finish this thing off, even if it takes him 110, 115 pitches. Uh, But he goes seven strong. And then you look at the second game and Chris Bassett does the same thing. Seven innings strong, didn't throw seven shutout innings like Barrios, but he was just Excellent in that start, especially in the first few innings when the Jays were getting no hit and he really kept it close. And then in the third game of the series, Hunjin Ryu pitches into the fifth inning and he doesn't give up an earned run either. Coombsy, the starting pitching in this series was fantastic. Yeah, between the three starters, it's seven innings from Barrio, seven from Bassett, and then four and two thirds from Ryu. So just about 20 innings there where they only allow two earned runs of starting pitching. And that was badly needed because as we know, the 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 pitching in the Texas series wasn't really good. That's that's this team's calling card. That's their strength. It's a combination of pitching and defense. More often than not, they should be able to keep the other team to one or two or three runs, and that's how they're going to win games. And that's pretty much what we saw this entire series with Boston is the pitching really bared down and kept the scores low so that the bats could eventually come through. And I mean, the bats certainly didn't blow up in this series or beat the wheels off of any of Boston's pitchers or, you know, go hit, hit their bullpen hard or anything like that. But we saw kind of the archetype of what what, what a successful 2023 Blue Jays team looks like, and that's fantastic pitching. And Barrio specifically was the one, like you said, he really set the tempo because that comes immediately after the Texas series. The vibes couldn't be worse. And I mean, if Boston has one strength, I'm not going to say they're pitching or fielding or anything is dog shit. They're not bad. They're just mid. Uh, but if they do have a strength, it's hitting. They have a they have a strong top of the lineup. They have some good batters up there. And Barrios was just fantastic. Seven innings, only five hits. Didn't walk a guy. Strikes out eight. I mean, that's that's the guy that the the Jays acquired from Minnesota in 2021 to help them down the stretch. That's how he's pitching right here, right now. It was one of the most important games of the season after what what happened with Texas. And Barrios came through and pitched like an ace. We kind of forget about him having that ace upside because we view him as more of that like number two, number three workhorse that innings guy but he's he's every every once in a while when when he's on his game he's he's ace caliber uh that game i feel like you could screenshot the box score and if big if the jays go on to win a playoff game or two this year i feel like that's the blueprint the starters absolutely dominant and then what do you do eighth inning hicks ninth inning romano they don't really do a whole heck of a lot red Sox don't touch them and it totally makes up for and covers over the fact that only four or three blue jays had hits in that ball game they only had four hits in total two of them off the bat of vladimir guerrero jr which leads me to the second up from this series against the red Sox. vladimir guerrero jr carried the offense through the first two games of that series three consecutive games with a homer coomsey and they were the only three games i went to on my trip to toronto i'm just saying shapiro atkins it won't cost very much to just keep flying me out and you'll keep vladdy hot but i we joke it, i it's not like a crazy bow heater from last september because it's only three games from vladdy but still the timing of him breaking out for a little mini heater 
it could not have come at a more perfect time. Like if it wasn't for Vladdy in those two games, they get shut out twice. Yeah, hundred percent. Like if, if it wasn't for that Vladdy bomb, it's it's not going to be a three nothing win. It's actually ironically, it was when I when I had that rant in the last podcast and I was talking about the Gosman game against Texas. It was like the only way the Jays are going to win this game is if um, Vladdy hits his home run in the first bottom of the first inning, which he did to make the score two to one. And if Gosman goes the rest of the way and shuts things down, and that's exactly what happened in the following game with Barrios. He shuts things down over seven innings. Vladdy hits a home run. They win the game. That's that's the blueprint of how the Jays are going to be successful and their 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 roster is built around those top like three guys it's Bo Vlad and George Springer if those three guys can be good even like you don't even really need all three of them to be good at the same time if one of them gets hot they can carry the offense and I think the guy who does have the ability to kind of carry on his shoulders by himself is Vladdy and he's 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 received a lot of flack this year just for the ho-hum season just simply because the the expectations are high because the ability is there when we, we we saw it in 2021 we saw it for a good chunk of 2022 we saw it in april of this year just how good vladdy can be and the way the roster was built is if he can get hot then this team can go on a really nice run and they so badly need him to be hot in september and hopefully into october so they can do that the that's just what the expectations are. The Jays are built around pitching and defense. And quite honestly, one or two guys in the lineup can largely carry the team. And that's what we saw from Vladdy in the first two games, the three run bomb, another bomb in the second game. If, if he can stay hot like this, then no one's going to remember the season before. Everyone's going to remember the big September, just like last year, Bo Tember. People don't really talk about the ho-hum season that Bo Bichette had in the, you know, four months before that. Who cares? It's it's how you play when the games matter the most. That's what pe- that that's what people are going to remember. It's also totally glazing over the fact that Bo Bichette and George Springer can't hit to save their lives right now. I mean, you look at yeah. both their numbers over the last little stretcher, and I I wonder about the Bo Bichette injury a little bit in all of this. Like, I know they put him on the IL and we're like, oh, yeah, this will like let him get back to a level and he'll be good down the stretch. He's clearly not good because over the last seven days, the dude has an OPS of like. 340 or 350 like it's it's putrid and George Springer is really not much better his numbers are close to identical to Bo Bichette's over the last week as well like those two guys are not hitting but Vladdy's providing the spark and I like the point that you made this team and with its pitching staff and its bullpen and its defense they're going to play a lot of low scoring games if one of those three is hot the way Vladdy is you're going to win some baseball games hopefully we get to a point down the stretch here as you start to play some good baseball teams in New York and Tampa where more than just one of the big three is going at a time that would really help you. I think I would lump Davis Schneider in that situ- in that conversation as well. His bats really cooled off over the last stretch here. Um, but if you can get two or three of those guys hitting all of a sudden, these wins will be a little bit more call it sweat free. Another thing that'll help. And it's our third up from this series is guys lower in the order, continuing yep. to hit the ball. Well, how about Kevin Biggio and Dalton Varsho in that series against the Boston Red Sox for Biggio. This feels like it's been a three week heater the way he's been hitting the baseball for Dalton Varsho, a much needed breakout. Which one of those two had a bigger impact on that series? Coomsey. 
I gotta say Biggio. This is the best that I I can remember him playing since probably 2019 when he came up and he finished higher in rookie of the year voting than Vladdy did. He was the most impressive young guy on the team. Same in 2020. He was fantastic as well. Yeah, we're seeing that Kevin Biggio, the one, I think I kind of alluded to this last time, maybe two times ago, that he's one of those guys when he comes up, you actually expect a good at bat. That's that's one of the big qualms the fans have this year is there's so many times that, you know, the, <laughs> the opposing pitcher will appear to be struggling and he'll have walked the previous guy on four pitches or whatever and then the next guy comes up and swings at the first pitch and everyone just rolls their eyes but with Biggio he's one of those guys and I think you probably lump like Brandon Belt into this conversation as well that sees pitches and you can think this guy could draw a walk and ironically when he came up um, in extra innings in the third game before Matt Chapman hit that game winning double or triple or whatever um, it was I thought Biggio was going to draw a walk and he did smack the single but um, yeah, as of right now, it looks like he has uh, one of the strongest approaches on the team. His OPS in the season is all the way up to 715. That's not even like, oh, BGO since the beginning of July. Is it a 715 OPS? No, it's for the entire season. So you take his month of April where he pretty much was never on base when, you know, over 100. And then since then, he's been like a really good, just basically everyday player and this is a player that I think a lot of us have kind of just written off and just sort of said, you know, this is your 26th guy on the roster, I guess maybe DFA. I mean, bring up one of the kids from Buffalo, bring up a barger or, an, or, or a Martinez or early, like a Spencer Horowitz or a Schneider, somebody like that. And people were just totally done with Biggio, but man, he, he's, he, he, has good at bats. He'll take a walk. He can get on base. It it, it seems like he's uh, one of those September, October, late inning players. He just, he seems to have that clutch gene. And I don't know, we're going to see in these next couple of weeks who comes through and BGO might be one of those guys who comes through with a huge moment for the team. Had that big home run earlier in the year. Remember against Minnesota, that clutch walk off dinner. That was a very important win because they all count. And then you look at this series, like, <laughs> what what would your reaction have been after the first month of the season if I would have been like, hey man, big game in September, Biggio's coming off the bench to hit for Chapman? It's like holy shit. Yeah, that's that doesn't sound necessarily ideal, but honestly, when I saw him come off the bench to pitch hit, I thought, you know what? Yeah, like Biggio's been one of the team's best batters, and there isn't much rope left in this season if if so-and-so on the bench is better than so-and-so starting impending free agent who's supposed to make $100 million in the next contract. It doesn't matter because it's not April anymore. It's September, and whoever's coming through are the ones that need to be in the lineup, and that's sort of just the way it is. Yeah, and his defense has been largely yeah. fine as well. I know they maneuvered things around, put Espinal at third in that situation, but that's the other nice thing about when you got Kevin Biggio is you can play him in the outfield, play him at second, you can play him at first, play him at third. He's the ultimate utility guy. Um, we mentioned Biggio, big hit in extra innings, That's or sorry, in the ninth inning of that game that eventually set up a Dalton Varsho triple a Dalton Varsho triple that barely felt like it should have been scored a triple. Um, he also did hit a big home run in the second game of that series. Um, but when it comes to getting a gift in that second game, Rafaela in center field, absolutely gifted the blue Jays, that ball game. Yeah, really. It, um, it was, a, it was a ball that probably should have been caught. If, if the roles are reversed and Varsho is in center field, that's an out. Like there's no doubt about it. And that's actually like kind of the, 
the perfect way to sort of sort of epitomize the difference between the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, I'd say, is um, the Jays have the outfielders to make plays like that. And man, be as frustrated as you want with the 2023 Jays, but at least they play rock solid defense in 2021 and 2022. Then <laughs> we we were the team that things like that happened to. We were the team that made mistakes like that and blew leads. And I mean credit to Varsho for putting the bat on the ball and hitting it hard. Like he's been doing that more recently than of course he did earlier in the season, though the bar isn't tremendously high, obviously, but I mean, credit to him for, for, for getting the, for getting the bat on the ball and hustling all the way around and getting himself on third base there. Um, like you said, like you, the, the Jays do, it would be a lot easier for the Jays if you could get a bunch of these guys at the bottom hot at the same time. But honestly, for me at the end of the day, it's, your your star players really need to come through and your your depth players need to provide those opportunities for them like go back to Biggio getting that single for Chapman and then Chapman comes through this is what the Jays need to do and hopefully it keeps up it it, it worked against Boston but now you've got Tampa and New York and those are I think slightly more difficult well, in Tampa's case it's a more difficult team New York's case it's sort of the same thing but these are going to be tight games down the stretch man and the Jays need the Jays just need players to come through. It'll be interesting to see who it is. I Like I said, I was at those three games, flew in from Edmonton for the last Texas one and then the two first two Boston ones. And my seat for that final one against Boston when Varsho had the hit, I was right next to the visiting bullpen. So kind of like what would be right center field. Um, and I just had a beautiful view. It was awesome. Like Varsho hits and you're like, oh, he hit that well. But like there had been a few instances in that game in the extra innings as well. It ended up happening with David yeah. Schneider where the Jays were hitting the ball hard right at him. And like, I, I wish I could relive the moment of everything going on in my mind where like he hits it and I'm like, Oh, it's right at him. And then I look and I see this guy driving in. And then when I see him slam on the brakes, I'm like, Holy fuck, that's over his head. Like the angle I had was perfect to watch it. And then the stadium just goes absolutely nuts. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the new ballpark as well. That was my first time getting out there this season. The only other time I've seen them this year is when uh, they were in Seattle. I absolutely love what they've done with Rogers center. Like it adds so much more life. Like before even not even the seats. And I sat in kind of three different areas for the three games I went to, cause I wanted to try get a different experience in each game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third one, like sitting next to the visitors bullpen, watching yeah. Chris sale warm up, listening and heckling the relievers as they walk down the stairs when you're walking on the concourse. And it's not just like, empty concrete that you're walking around with like popcorn stands. Like it actually has life now. I love what they're doing with it. And I can't wait for kind of phase two with the infield. Yeah, seriously. It's a, it's, it's a completely different experience. I mean, I only went to the one game back in April. I went to the home opener against Detroit and I just found myself. um, I'm the kind of fan who, doesn't spend the entire game in their seat. I like to do like a lap in the arena, walk around, look in a shop or go and get something, whatever, like ADHD fan. And I think that's kind of who it largely caters to is people who are going to show up and maybe walk around and chat during the beginning bit of the game. And then, and then you can settle in in one of those nice outfield spots, like late in the game, like the, the game that I was again, uh, the, the Detroit game that I went to, they hit all those bombs after they had gone down and I was in the outfield area during that. And it's so cool to be down there kind of at field level in the outfield, seeing how the fielders are running around when the ball's hitting the air. It gives you such a different perspective than when you're, when you're up in your seat at a very different angle. It's, it's really cool. It's a, it's a really fun thing. And that's definitely another reason why I hope the Jays, uh, well, of course we hope the Jays get in, but the, 
it'll be it'll be a really different experience this year watching a playoff game at home if you're a fan that goes to the game just being able to be down by the relievers warming up down in the outfield like that that'll be that'll really be something like think back to the 2015 and 2016 playoff runs and we we talked about this back in like march when when we started seeing pictures and videos and such of the new sections just imagine the chase fans in the playoffs when they're like heckling opposing relievers and stuff like that it's going to be so funny that's why they have to get there they have to do it they need to do it one final thing i wanted to uh, bring up as we move out of three up three down and talk about some other things here and we'll get to brett in just a second but i saw this one come across on twitter the website fieldingbible.com uh keeps track of team defensive runs saved and the blue jays lead the majors in that department with a total of 83 defensive runs saved Coombsy second place on the list, according to Fielding Bible, is the Brewers all the way down at 66. They say the Blue Jays have saved 17 more runs than any other team in the majors, 33 more runs than the third place Arizona Diamondbacks. Are we maybe and we talk about it a bit, but the frustrations of this team at the dish, I feel like have totally overshadowed the fact that they have built up not just an elite, like incredibly elite defensive ball club. Yeah, the the talk for for the talk over the whole offseason, the talk was <clears throat> it was all about run prevention. And that was a that was a thing that let them down a previous couple of years. Their their defense really let them down last year. Their bullpen really let them down the year before that. Even the starting pitching in the 2021 season was pretty hit and miss until it was solidified after the Barrios trade. It's a completely different team now. And it's when I think when we're judging and we're criticizing, and I mean, sure, there's space for ranting. We all want to watch a team that scores a bunch of runs because it's more fun and that's what we're used to that's the blue jays teams we've largely known throughout history or teams that for better or worse regardless of the pitching regardless of the wins regardless of what happens they can usually score runs and that isn't exactly the case this year but you you look at i think it's more worthwhile to look at what the front office is trying to do when you're judging it than just viewing it in totality and what happened and I mean, what they've done here is they've tried to cut down the amount of runs the other team scored. And as a result, they have the best defense in Major League Baseball. And you look at the Blue Jays have the best ERA in Major League Baseball as well, as well but they don't have the best fielding independent pitching. So they're not, you know, the most dominant pitchers, but they're the pitchers who are getting the best results. And that's the result of the defense. It's the defense that's coming through and making the pitchers significantly better. And it's such a change from last year. And, it, and you circle back to the point I made earlier and if the Jays can just get their their three big bats at the top, then it all works. And you 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 have to kind of look at it and cut some slack for those guys like Varsho or Alejandro Kirk, I mean, Danny Jansen, Matt Chapman. Like at the end of the day, those players, you'd like for them all to produce offense. You'd like for them all to be above average hitters. But at the end of the day, they're there to be elite defensively at their positions. And if the Jays get their three big hitters all contributing then they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to do well. They're going to do well in October. I've heard so many times, so many Jays fans complained. They have to be a playoff team. That's not what they are right now. They're a, you know, boom, bust, hit dingers. Everyone's swinging. That's what they do. They're not win- they're, they're not going to win a World Series because they can't play defense. They can't lay down a bunt. They can't hit the other way. And now they're the team that can do that. And no one likes watching them. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny to hear all of those complaints because so many people wanted the Jays to be this team because this is the kind of team that generally tends to do well in October but at the end of the day you got to get there and who knows what will happen 
All right, let's uh, step aside for a quick break and talk about, you touched on it earlier, the Jays' chances of making the playoffs now up 79.5%. How the hell did that happen? We'll talk about it next. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Moving along on episode 181 of Blue Jays Nation Radio, brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. The AL wildcard report starts now with our pal Brett Holden. And Brett, how the hell did the Jays' playoff chances increase by almost 50% over the course of one weekend. Take us through what happened. Well, it was a lot like what just happened on the screen there. A lot of the teams just wanted to kick teams in the (laughs) playoff spot out of the picture. And that is what happened with, well, first of all, let's start with the kind of the Tampa Bay Rays who did clinch. So they aren't in this wild card report anymore. We don't talk about teams who clinch. Let's talk about teams who are still in the race. Let's start off with the Houston Astros who are still on top of the AL West right now. They are up a game and a half on both the Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers after they almost got swept by the Kansas city Royals for, Four two in game one, and then a ten eight loss in game two. We're able to swing it back in the seven one series finale. They do have the Baltimore Orioles up next, and they actually played last night to an eight seven victory for the Orioles. So the Orioles, this is a big series for Jays fans, for the AL East, for the AL West, for the wild card. A lot of big series come down the stretch here. The Houston Astros already down a game in that series, but a team that is chasing those Houston Astros, the Seattle Mariners aren't having a good time either. Tough weekend in uh, well against the Dodgers. Uh, they played the Dodgers for a four game series. They lost three of those four six three six two six one wins for the Dodgers. Then finally 
in the uh, finale, a five nothing win for the Mariners. They have the Oakland Athletics up next. They did play last night to a five nothing win for the Mariners. So, I mean, not like the Houston Astros who are struggling against bad teams could be uh, big for the Mariners playing a bad team uh, heading into this little stretch here. Uh, this is a three game series that'll go until tomorrow. Now, Jared Klenick, we talked about Klenick in the last uh, uh, AL wildcard report. He did make his return and has gone two for 10 since coming back. So uh, big return for the Mariners there. Let's talk about the team who is currently tied with the Mariners and a game back from the Jays in the wild card, the Texas Rangers, who played the Cleveland Guardians and, well, got swept. 12-3 in game one, 2-1 in game two, and 9-2 in game three. Now they have the series against the Boston Red Sox, and they lost yesterday as well, 4-2 there. Now for the Texas Rangers, they do have some pretty big returns that have come back. Uh, Dolis Garcia and Josh Young have both made their returns. Now you may remember Young uh, had the left thumb fracture. He went one for four in his return, and uh, Dolis Garcia, who had that right patellar tendon strain 0 for 3 so big bats are coming back for some teams but they're just not producing and then finally a team that we kind of joked about that may be in the race and now kind of in the race not in the race now they are back in the race the New York Yankees, who played the uh, Boston or the Boston Pirates, the Pittsburgh Pirates, for those keeping score at home, uh, they lost two against the Yankees in that series. Seven, five, six, three wins for the Yankees. And then the Pirates would take the series finale. Now, of course, as we're going to talk about up next here, up next for the uh, New York Yankees, the Toronto Blue Jays. Some news for the Yankees, however, if you did see uh, some of the clips around the internet that was making the rounds, Anthony Meisowitz, who was a victim of a 100.6 mile per hour line drive back to his head. He was taken to hospital and will be uh, evaluated for uh, concussion. He has been going uh, some uh, undergoing, excuse me, some tests, but will be undergoing further testing in the next couple of days. He has been released from hospital and has been placed on the seven day concussion. IL. So uh, another lost pitcher, another lost arm for the Yankees, a difficult situation in general, but again, another tough arm for the Yankees to lose here. It's getting very, very interesting. Thanks, Brett, for the quick rundown of what went on, not on the weekend, I guess, but also on Monday because the Jays had the off day, a couple of teams in action, Coombsy, which means the games in hand thing is more or less sorted out. The Jays, Rangers, and Mariners all have 12 remaining. The Astros now have just 11 games remaining on their schedule. And here's what's interesting. Eight and four for the Blue Jays would guarantee them a playoff spot. I saw this on Twitter and basically the breakdown is if the Jays go eight and four, that means both of Texas and Seattle need nine wins in their final 12 games because they play each other seven times. There's no way to split it up into a scenario where they each win nine games. If they both go five and zero in the games outside of their head to head, and then the series is four to three in the seven for one of the two, that's nine for one. It's eight for the other one. So if the Jays go eight and four, they are in eight wins in the final four series of the season is all you need to do for Toronto. And I would go even one step further and say, 
seven and five might get you in at this point. I know we joked on the last episode that 10 and five, they could in in a way crawl their way to the end with a 10 and five finish, but that's entirely possible as well. Cause Seattle's got to play Houston on top of that. Like if there's one team that's in a terrible spot right now, it's the Seattle Mariners. I don't, I, I have a hard time seeing how they're going to get in unless they steamroll Texas. Yeah. If, and then if Seattle goes ahead and steamrolls their AL West opponents the rest of the way, and then they go ahead and like win the division, then it's probably resulted in either Texas or Houston getting knocked down. And the Jays have the tiebreaker against Houston and they're already currently ahead of Texas. So if Seattle does well against the Rangers, the Rangers probably aren't in a playoff spot. So the Jays are in a pretty good spot. All they really have to do is not shit themselves over these four series with um, New York and Tampa. It's, 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 three on the road in New York Yankee stadium. And then the weekend they're in Tampa and then they're back home to finish off the exact same sequence, but in Toronto, New York at home. And then um, the Rays to finish off the season. And I mean, I don't know the, the, it's a, it's a difficult finish to the season, but at, I think what the, um, the, the teams in the West specifically Seattle are staring down is harder. And man, the, the out of town scoreboard has been as favorable to the Jays as you possibly could have imagined. Like they, the, the Rangers came in and they did what they did to the Jays in that four game sweep and completely flipped the script upside down. And then all of it was given back, given the way the Texas played Cleveland over the weekend and how the Jays played Boston. It's honestly stunning that three days after like four days after the, that Texas series and we're all doom and gloom, everything's negative. We're so mad ranting <laughs> and everything flips on its head. I would, I never would have expected that to happen. I, I it's, it's stunning the, the, the fortune the Jays got on the out of town scoreboard, because usually we always say like, you got to take care of business because you don't want to be relying on other teams. Think back to 2021 going into, you know, day 162, and you need both the Red Sox, and the Yankees to lose lo and behold, they both win and they make the playoffs and you don't. But now the out-of-town scoreboard is completely in their favor. And man, let's let's hope this keeps up. But even then, like Seattle and Texas playing each other, it's, it's it guarantees a positive outcome in each of those seven days, no matter what. Yeah, like if you're the Jays, in a way, like the out-of-town scoreboard doesn't even matter anymore. Because like you said, there will be at some point here a positive outcome every night for about 10 consecutive days. When you look at, again, the seven and then the three between Seattle and Houston, it's... It's a big break if you're the Jays, I suppose. Um, I also keep, and this is bad. I shouldn't be doing this, but I keep going back and forth on like, okay, so they got swept by Texas and I'm like, do whatever you can do just to get in. I don't care where you finish. But now that they're back in the second spot, I keep doing the whole like, I'd, ra- I'd rather finish in the third wild card than the second one. But then I need to convince myself that that's probably terrible baseball fan karma to be sitting there and be yeah. like, I, I kind of want them to slip into third. Like, if it's three games at the trop, we'll take three games at the trop. Knock on wood that it doesn't happen, but still. Yeah. yeah, I I I don't think it's good vibes for us to sit here and be like, the Jays need to strategically lose some games to finish in the third wild card and then go into Minnesota where it's two degrees Celsius and you know you have some good starters pitching. The twin the twins pitch pretty well. They're not that bad of a team. Like we've given them a ton of shit and the, a- the AL central is, is, is there's tons of justification for making fun of how bad it is and pointing out how this is exactly why we shouldn't have divisions, but the twins are fine. They're, they're a team that can certainly win a three game playoff series at home. So that's not an automatic. So, so we'll, we'll change our vibes around and say, just get in baby, whatever spot you're in. Cause we don't want to piss off the baseball guards. We want some positive karma here. 
Speaking of the TROP, I saw a big deal getting made over the weekend about the new, or sorry, I guess it was yesterday, the new $1.2 billion stadium that they're going to build in St. Petersburg, going to keep the Rays in Tampa Bay. It puts an end to the whole, you know, will they split time between Tampa, Montreal thing that was happening like 18 months ago or whatever. I feel like too big of a deal is getting made out of this because one, this is still reliant on like $600 million from the public. I think in, in Florida or in the County, whatever it is, it's also reliant on $600 million being put up by Ray's ownership in all of this, which I'm kind of like, I'll believe it when I see it a little <laughs> bit. And I was also reading through what Ray's fans had to say. And they were all kind of like, Oh, cool. The location still sucks. Like they yeah. don't want the team to be in St. Petersburg. This feels like a weird way to spend $1.2 billion when it doesn't fix the issue. And I'll be honest, I'll still be surprised if this thing takes the next step and there's shovels in the ground. It feels like one of those things that's just being put out there is like, ah, look, a good omen in September. Like, you know, let's try to quiet people down and make it look like we're doing something good here. Yeah, I just I don't I don't really see this as a solution at all. Like you said, the the biggest problem with the trop. Well, I mean, no, the biggest problem with the trop is that it it, it looks like a, an abandoned Costco or like a warehouse or something like that. It's not really where a team in the 2020 should be playing baseball. But the, the other problem with the trop is that <clears throat> it's it's well out of the the, the the Tampa Bay like core area. It's kind of like what the Ottawa Senators have playing in Canada, and that's why you have those terrible crowds. On you know who's gonna who's gonna drive out to some satellite town 30 45 minutes away to watch a wednesday night baseball game after work it's just it's, it's not going to happen so yeah. they're not really solving the core problem they have and they're just essentially building a better version of the trop in the same shitty location so to me it doesn't make any sense but also circling back to the whole expos thing i never really thought the splitting time between the two cities really made all that sense because I don't know, there's so many logistical issues with that. Like who's going to get the playoff games? Is Montreal going to, you know, like their, their, their plan for the the new stadium they want to build because it's not even renovated and renovating Olympic stadium. It's building a whole new thing. The plan they have for that is wildly expensive. And are, are they going to be the team that's going to be getting these important games down the stretch in September and October? Probably not. Like it, it never really made any sense. So if, if Montreal does want a team, uh, I don't know how soon expansion will be coming to MLB. They always kind of talk about it, but it does make more sense that that's what it would be as opposed to splitting time with the Rays, which, which, which was always weird. I mean, we talked, I think we ripped that idea pretty hard when it first came out of like, what you're going to convince players that they need an apartment in both Montreal <laughs> and Tampa Bay throughout the course of the season, or like a veteran player is going to look at a contract offer from the Rays in the winter and be like, Oh yeah, that's cool. I'll just make sure my family's good to like come live with me in Montreal for half the season as well. Like it, it, it was dumb the whole time. Um, let's move along to what's coming up next for the Jays. They are facing a Yankees team and I keep seeing all the shit from John boy and all the weird Yankees fans on Twitter they have a chance if they sweep the Blue Jays, it would be best to just put this thing to bed, win two out of three here, put Yankees fans, just get rid of all this false hope that they seem to have. But at the same time, it's worth noting that A, the Yankees are playing some good baseball or better baseball as of late. And two, they're throwing a handful of pretty good starters to the mound. Yeah, they are. It's um, the Yankees aren't terrible. It's Tuesday's Yusei Kikuchi versus Clark Schmidt. Then it's Kevin Gosman versus Michael King. And then it's Jose Barrios versus Garrett Cole. The way this is going to line up is the Jays are going to see Garrett Cole twice in the last little bit. And even though, I mean, I don't really consider the Yankees to be a threat for the playoffs. Um, they're not, they're not out of it. It's possible, but I, I don't really view that as a, a 
thing for them. I think they've, they're kind of out. But the the big motivating factor that Cole has, of course, is that as of right now, he's probably the odds-on favorite to win the American League Cy Young. And he's had some close ones. Think about when Robbie Ray won in 2021. There was tons of Yankees fans who argued that Cole was the better pitcher that season and he should have won. And he's Cole's close. He's he's a few starts, few good starts away from, from picking that thing up and pretty much guaranteeing it. So, I mean, you've got a pretty motivated Garrett Cole here, so it's, it's, it's not going to be an easy series for the Jays. It's never easy to play in the Bronx, but like you said, they have to take care of business here because, you know, winning only two out of these six games against New York or something like that and letting them like just slightly exist in this playoff race is not something that any Blue Jays fan or person or anyone around the team wants to deal with the last thing we need is in the last week of baseball confident yankees fans and the yankees being like three games back of a playoff spot and they're like within reach and ugh, that is that's the last thing we need to see is the the biggest nightmare scenario here for the season is new york getting hot at the end of the year passing the chase in the standings that is uh, that that would be that's as bad as it could possibly get that would be terrible not good. Um, would you, if I offered you up a free $50 right now, would you take it? Free $50? Yeah, free 50 bucks. I would, take, I would it? take it. Yeah, I would. Yes. All right. Well, all you'd have to do is put $1,000 down on Garrett Cole to win the Cy Young at Botano to profit $50. He is a minus 2,000 favorite to win the Cy Young right now over on Botano. It's, uh, it is not even close. However, I would be interested to see if the Jays light him up in that third game. It's possible. Maybe, maybe it gets a little bit better. Like maybe. who's close? What 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 is the like who has the second best odds at this point? Like who's even in the mix? So second is Luis Castillo at eleven to one. Sonny Gray is fourth, and then Kevin Gosman is seventy four to one. So I mean, maybe there's a scenario where like Gosman throws two more gems to end the year, and like. Cole just gets lit up like eight earned runs in each start. And then maybe no, I doubt it. I feel like it's Cole's to lose. Yeah, I do too. The, the, <laughs> no, it would be pretty funny if that, that would be a pretty funny late seasons, a late season yeah. shift. Like Gosman just dominates the Yankees on Wednesday and then Cole comes out and has a rough outing and then everything shifts. Eh, you never know. But I, I mean, I wouldn't count them on. I think Garrett Cole will probably win the American league. So yeah. Uh, just looking at those three pitchers the Jays are facing again uh, this year. Clark Schmidt faced the Jays once back in April, and he threw five and two thirds of, uh, well, no earned runs, but the Jays did tag him for two home runs. But because of errors and things like that, they weren't counted as earned. So the Jays got to him a little bit. He ended up giving up three runs in that start. Um, Michael King pitched against the Jays three times this year, but all three of the times were when he was being used as an opener or a reliever. So we haven't gotten a chance to face Mike Michael King when he's been used as a traditional starter, which he has been as of late going into the fifth inning in four consecutive starts. Garrett Cole faced the Jays twice, once in April, once in May. In April, it was five and two thirds of shutout ball. And in May, it was six innings of shutout ball as well. The Jays did get seven hits off him, but just couldn't bring anyone in. I, I kind of remember that game as being a really frustrating start. Like I think they loaded the bases or got runners on second and third in the first inning and just couldn't finish the job in any of the scenarios where they were putting guys on base. So hopefully the Jays have better fortune against those two in this series. The magic number is I, I guess technically nine, but we're looking for eight blue Jays wins down the stretch here. Coombsy, give me a standout performer from this week's series. 
I think Vladdy's going to keep it hot. Is he's going to have a he's going to have a he he's had some good goes in Yankee Stadium before, including big home runs off of Garrett Cole. Seems like he's he's found a bit of a groove, and I would expect some more dingers from Vladdy that matter. I also and I've, I've said him again, but um, David Schneider I think is going to have at least one more big moment before the end of the season. I don't know if it'll be here, but it's going to come. He's been really squeezed by the umpires lately. It's uh, he's he's had some hard hit balls that have landed right in gloves, and then some terrible calls go go against them it, it just seems like umpires are, are seeing this kid come up do too well and they're like uh, 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 i'm gonna make this hard for you you're not gonna get too big of a head and now they're um they're kind of doing that thing that umpires love to do so i think that's gonna turn around david schneider's hit the ball hard a few times and i think he's gonna have a huge hit at, at, this week either at yankee stadium or at the trop I like that one. David Schneider was going to be my pick. Like he absolutely hammered three or four balls in that Red Sox series that just were hit right at guys, unfortunately. Um, so I think David Schneider due to start having some things go his way once again, as the Jays look to inch that much closer to a playoff spot. The out of town scoreboard will be fun to watch three games against the Bronx Bombers in Yankee Stadium. Should be a ton of fun. Coombsy. Enjoy it. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.